you have made the serious mistake of tuning into Talkin' Tuscaloosa with Jimmy and Luke. On an almost weekly basis, Jimmy and Luke discuss the latest sports happening at the University of Alabama, and if you are especially unlucky, they might review a movie or tell you something that happened in their pathetic lives. Now, without further ado, to misinform you about Alabama football, here are the idiots, Jimmy and Luke. Hey, everybody, and welcome into Talking Tuscaloosa. Luke Robinson along with Jimmy Stein. Eventually, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, Jimmy Stein is going to be joining me here in just one second. I hope I've invited him to join us. Uh, Frankly, I don't know. Jimmy is always hit or miss with these things because he is technologically challenged. But I'm going to invite him again uh, just to be sure. He might be on Hillary Clinton's email server. I don't know. Um, hope everybody is doing well out there. Uh, boy, this is a lot harder to do just by myself. I'll be honest with you. It's much better when it's, it's me and Jimmy. So hopefully he's going to be joining me any second now. A um, couple of personal notes. Well, not even personal notes. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um I will be broadcasting the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. Jimmy just texted, said one minute. Um, I will be broadcasting the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. Looking forward to that. That will be on Monday. Um, You will catch it on the AHSA radio network. It'll be on Raycom on TV, but we want you to mute your television and listen to us on the radio broadcast if you can. And I'm excited about that. Of course, Talia Tungvaloa has pulled out of that contest. And um, some other guys, Pierce Quick, I don't believe will be playing in that game. Neither will Paul Tyson. Um, so it's going to be a, certainly a challenge for the Alabama squad. Uh, some recruiting news as everything is beginning to heat up, obviously, with, um, with first signing day coming around here in December. And Trey Sanders' name is all over Bama Online and – uh, Bama Insider and Tider Insider and Insider Tider and all that shit. It's everywhere. Uh, Trey Sanders is the story, apparently. Sorry, I got to take a sip of coffee. Um, and, you know, I can't wait to get Jimmy on here because he may be the one to be able to tell us about Trey Sanders and where he thinks he ends up. A lot of scuttlebutt about Georgia. Um, the Texas moderators seem to think they have a great chance. Again, right now, I just read a a lengthy write-up they had on their Texas 24-7 site, which was a little surprising to me. Um, In the end, I'm still going to say he goes to Alabama until proven differently. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if Alabama was in the posture of if if they don't get Trey Sanders, then they get maybe DJ Williams and DeAndre Glass. uh, Obviously, Glass out of Texas and Williams out of the Miami area. Um, so I, I, where does that leave, uh, Keelan Robinson, who's already committed? I, you know, frankly, I don't know. Recruiting's gotten so screwy with this, uh, early signing period. It's hard to say. Saban obviously has it figured out with the number one class and flipping Dax Hill and all those good things. Jimmy and I hadn't even talked since there was a Heisman race. 
or a Heisman voting. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about that. Where the hell is Jimmy? He said one minute. It's been longer than a minute. I'm sitting here on the broadcast by my damn self. Um, I do have a great story involving a hornet and a nipple. If anybody wants to stay put, I think that's something that you may want to hear a little later on. Um, so we will be talking about that. Obviously, it has nothing to do with Alabama football. Alabama basketball gets the big win over Arizona. Um, you say big win. Of course, when you have a big loss to Georgia State, uh, like Alabama did, those two things may offset. If Really, they may not even offset. The Georgia State loss is probably uh, as bad a loss as Alabama basketball has had in quite some time, if you ask me, blowing a 22-point lead. Um Gosh, you know, this sucks doing this by myself. I'm glad that we have some people listening. And really, I took a chance and started the broadcast a little early because Jimmy was supposed to be on. And now I'm sitting here like a bottle of piss by myself, yammering away. Um, Alabama apparently has hired DJ Durkin in some type of analytical role. Alabama School for Wayward Coaches uh, trudges forward. And frankly, I'm okay with it. I know a lot of people don't like DJ Durkin. I don't blame them. Um, you know what, though? Everybody gets a second chance. Whether or not you think everybody deserves one, everybody seems to get one. Um, just think about, you know, Mike Dubo has got another chance to, to, to coach in high school football after uh, all the there. Alabama stuff. Oh, there's Jimmy. Jimmy. I'm here. All right, Good. let me tell you what, what asshole. First of all. you what? Uh, first of all, I started the broadcast early, uh, thinking, okay, Jimmy's going to be, Jimmy's ready. He's going to join me. So no, that's great. Hammering away for five damn minutes. No, that's great. I'll, I can't wait to, this is going to be one of the first times in, in a few weeks I've literally listened to the show. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to go back and listen to the show, see what I missed. Well, let, okay. So let's, let's, I've already gone over some of this. Okay, well, don't go over what you, what you've gone over. We'll just start. Let's start with Trey Sanders. I think Trey Sanders is the biggest question. I'm on a huge recruiting kick right now. I want to talk about recruiting for three hours. Well, we'll just keep it to 45 minutes. But here's the deal. Trey you Sanders. have to remind me to tell the story about a hornet and a nipple. <laughs> have I ever told you this story? No, no, but I've, I've got a similar one, but, but no, no. How in the <laughs> hell do you have a similar story to a hornet and a nipple? It's similar. Okay, let's do, let's do Trey Sanders and then the Hornet nipple story. You need to tweet out that we're doing this, by the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm still on the Twitter. Uh, what about Trey Sanders, would you like to know? Like where he's going? Uh, no, no, just what's, what's his favorite ice cream when he goes to Baskin-Robbins? What the hell do you think? I'm assuming it's uh, pralines and cream because that's what mine is, and everyone else should have that as their favorite as well. I'm think. assuming he changes his mind every time he goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time. How about this? I, th I think what would be more apropos for Trey Sanders' recruitment is every time he tries something different, that's his new favorite. <laughs> Good point. So where does he end up, Jimmy? Uh, I think it's Alabama. I mean, if, I, if I'm betting right now, uh, I think it's Alabama because we have been the favorite. I mean, he's had other favorites. I mean, there was a, there was a time that like he was going to Florida. Uh, very much now, it, it might appear like it's Georgia. Texas is definitely in the mix. That's a real threat. That's not like a hey, they're on their friend. No, no, he could he could legit go to Texas. Um, I think if it's not Alabama, it's probably Georgia. Uh, but 
Alabama has been his favorite since 2016. That hasn't really changed a lot. So I, I think, uh, I mean, what I mean is we've been the constant. We've been the constant. That's why I think in the end, when it comes down to it, I've got to make a decision. I think it's going to be Alabama. But are, 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 should we be surprised that it's Georgia or even Florida? No, no, probably not. And and we're continuing to recruit other running backs. I mean, it's a lot of times some of this stuff is obvious. You don't have to wait for an Internet insider to tell you stuff. A lot of times it's just right there in front of your face. Nick Saban went and visited the glass kid at Texas this week. We're continuing. We, we had DJ Williams make an official visit. Uh, we did an in-home with Keelan Robinson Monday night. Um we're continuing to recruit other running backs. If we knew we were getting Trey Sanders, we wouldn't be talking to these other kids. So it's not a lock that we're getting Trey Sanders. The staff is clearly not certain of it. That's why we're maintaining relationships with other uh, good backs. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, it sounds like Trey is just kind of all over the map right now, maybe a little bit confused, but here's hoping we get him because uh, you and I both believe Josh Jacobs will be out of here. Um, well, we do believe that. And, We're believers. And um, obviously, Damian Harris is leaving. So, he I mean, is. all of a sudden, you got Najee and Brian Robinson back there. And Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford. Yeah, but, you, you know, I mean, okay, I, I'm – I'll say I this. I was not excited. Say, I wasn't excited to sign him, but now that I've seen him play, yeah, uh, particularly in the practice situation, uh, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm like legit excited about his future. And as of right now, he's our third back next fall. But I, I think he's good there. I mean, I, I think we'll see him next fall. And people that aren't expecting much will be pleasantly surprised. Okay. I mean, I'm he's, with you. But, and maybe it's just the, you know, we're never interested in what's on TV. We're always interested in what else what is else? on TV. But um, that's right, that's right Jerry. I, I would take my chances with Trey Sanders versus Jerome Ford at the moment. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. If, if you ask me, hey, who do you want on the team next fall and you can only have one, Trey Sanders or Jerome Ford, my answer is Trey Sanders because he's more of a traditional Saban back. However, I, I would put that with the caveat, I've sort of seen Jerome Ford against a good college defense, namely Alabama, and he's pretty good. We haven't yeah. seen Trey Sanders in that in that context yet, so we have taken a little bit of a chance there with that answer. But my answer would be Trey Sanders. Yes, I think I watched some of Trey. Sanders. Look, this is what it comes down to. And since we're just sitting here killing time talking Trey on talking Trey Sanders, I watched his uh, huddle tape again this week, and I'd seen it before, but I, I went back and watched all the backs again this week because that interested me uh, Monday. And I saw Trey Sanders run for a 65-yard touchdown, and he broke probably three tackles uh, from front seven guys. I mean, ran through tackle, very impressive, but then flashed the speed, cut outside, then outraced a safety with a good angle to the end zone for the touchdown. So one play, he showed his power, he showed his speed, and he showed his, his, he's kind of these one-cut-to-daylight backs that have done really well under Nick. And uh, he showed it all in one play. And the reason I'm talking about the play is because, well, yeah, we, we could watch backs from all over the place do that every week. Well, he did this against Hoover. Yeah. I mean, he did it against Hoover. 
And I cannot stress enough how big a deal that is. Um, It's sort of evaluating players is very, very hard. But if all the players did nothing but play against Hoover every week, it would become very easy. Because if you can do it against competition at that level, you're probably going to be pretty freaking good in the SEC. And uh, yeah, I'm a big Trey Sanders fan for sure. Well, let me say this. The more impressive thing versus doing it against Hoover would be doing it against Central Phoenix City, who I called last week against Talia Tungavailoa. And those sons of bitches are a bunch of dogs. They are dogs, Jimmy. They are bad. They can ball. Now, they, a lot of that defensive line may not go to, um, may not go to uh, play Division One football, whatever, but they're all a bunch of badasses. I mean, I was thoroughly impressed with those guys. They romped to the seven A title, and uh, I, wow, I would go, I would go on record to say it's the best, the best seven A team I've ever seen, and I've seen them all. And that's it amazing. Might be the best high school football team in Alabama history. I'm not kidding. Did uh, who who would you? I mean, let's just say this: you you regardless of age, senior, junior, sophomore, regardless of age, if you pick one guy off that team. Uh, that you would like to see at Alabama, uh, who'd you pick? Of Central Phoenix City, because uh, I'm kind of kind of making a point here that it's not they're not exactly loaded with slam dunk SEC guys like Hewitt, Trustville, and Thompson. No, that's true. But the difference was, you know, Hewitt's got its guys in different places, and Thompson does too. But it was like a litany of all badasses. <laughs> it was. You know, I use this analogy all the time. It, I remember Illinois in 1989 basketball, and everybody on that team was 6'8". And everybody could yeah. handle, everybody could shoot, everybody could drive, everybody could block shots, everybody could dunk. And they thought that was going to be the new movement in basketball. And I guess in a way it kind of was. But that was the first time it had ever been like that. Right. Um, and this is what Central Phoenix City was. I mean, you you didn't really – yeah, you called a few names like EJ Williams, good good wide receiver. I'd like him in Alabama, certainly. Uh, I tell you who, if, if you yeah, told they got me a Alabama, junior, don't they have a junior wide out? That's, that's like William, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's supposedly a thing. Yeah, he's a he's a big deal. But if if um if you told me Alabama was signing Monte Spivey, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, he's, he's not, totally underrated. He's going to Arkansas, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, you, you, know, know, you know who almost always has a really good back, Arkansas. Arkansas. And then, um, then Peter Parrish, obviously going to LSU, oh, yeah. he's going to take the place of Talia Tungavailoa in the Alabama Mississippi All Star Game. Right. Uh, and, I, by the way, uh, Peter Parrish to me is another underrated kid. I do not care for him as a quarterback, and my understanding is he would very, very, very much like a shot at quarterback. But I think as just <laughs> a wide receiver DB guy, uh, he's he's a to me he's a legit four star. As as a wide receiver DB prospect, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But he, I'll tell you what he kind of reminded me of a better passing, but worse running Jalen Hurts. Oh, interesting. So, um, interesting. You ready for my nipple hornet story, real quick? You me throw it in? Oh there? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who's? I mean, this is why we have these listeners. I'm sure we're picking them up as we speak because well, you have. There is a nipple hornet story. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah, this was this is true too. Like a year ago is around this time too. That's what's interesting about it. Um, 
I walk into the office and I usually go in the office kind of early and my dad kind of beats me there sometimes, but this time he really beat me there. Like I got there at six 15 and there he is sitting in his chair in his office and he sort of waves me back into his office and I go back there and he's just like rubbing his, his nipple, like, like strangely. And I'm thinking, boy, why do you want me to come in here for this? And, um, I said, what is wrong? And he's might not want to know that you, I can't believe you asked that question. That was dangerous, a dangerous question. He's grimacing. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I mean, I thought it, I really did think at first he was maybe having a heart attack. Oh, I thought this was sexual. And he said, um, he said, uh, you ain't going to believe this, but a a hornet stung me and it stung me right on the nipple. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? Why would you be in a position for a hornet to sting you in the nipple in, in December? And he said, well, he said, you know, he's telling the story while he's like grimacing and hurting the whole time. So he goes, well, um, you know, I, I was just laying in bed and I turned over and apparently there was a hornet in my bed. <laughs> and when he turned over, like it just so happened that his nipple landed in the precise spot that the hornet spot finger was. And it st- he said it didn't sting me like around the nipple. It stung my damn nipple. And, and you and know he, how bad i mean this is hilarious but how, how bad, bad would that, that hurt oh well, he, and he was crap. just he, he said i was rolling and he was in like an excruciating pain he said I'm you're, gonna, you're laughing he said i'm gonna go to the to, i gotta go to the emergency room so uh-huh. he drove himself to the emergency room and you know in elec city it's kind of hit or miss if you get to the emergency room if somebody's even there i guess and like he gets there and like nobody's there. And he like he's banging on the button and doing everything. It's gotta be the biggest emergency that town has seen in a week. Yeah, and finally somebody comes to the thing and they're like, Sir, yes, what's what's the emergency? I got stung by a hornet right on the nipple. And they're like, We don't we don't know what to do for a hornet nipple stick. You know? <laughs> There's no protocol. You know? WebMD is like, what the hell are you doing? Web- Let's go to WebMD. <laughs> But I was thinking, you know, the funny thing to me is, and I learned this a long time ago in, in high school when we were doing creative writing, you need to look at it from different perspectives. Can you imagine the hornet there? You know, there this hornet is just laying there sort of chilling like I found a nice little place to chill. You know, I only live three days. This is going to be, I got a nice warm bed. And like he's laying there. And then all of a sudden he sees my dad at, at about 5'10", 220 begin to roll over on him. He's like, Oh God, no. And and he's like, if I'm going down, I'm going down stinging. I'm stinging the shit out of this man's nipple. He's probably thinking, man, you know what I'd really like right now is a boob. <laughs> oh, that's then, then he's like, Oh no, here comes a boob. This is bad news. That's kind of like the guy who, who couldn't, who had a lisp or something. And he said, do you think I wished for a 10 inch pianist? Remember that? Remember that joke? <laughs> you want to hear my uh, nipple hornet story? Holy shit, man. Yeah, I've got I guess. a nipple hornet story. <laughs> I've got it. It's not really a nipple hornet story, but it's sort of, it's in the ballpark. What, what are you, Blake it's- Alexander? How do you have a story <laughs> to one of <laughs> No one else will get that joke, but man, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, we know a guy named Blake that knows literally every every human being. Every human being in the United States is a friend of Blake's. And Blake has a story for if you just named like just just go to the dictionary and pick out two random words like uh like pocket 
you know, pocket uh, pipe. And, and, and Blake's like, oh, I got five pocket pipe stories. Or, you know? or, or you say something like, man, I was in the bank today and Tyrone Prothrow, like, he was my my financial advisor. And he goes, oh, shit, that's crazy. I'm here with Tyrone right now. Tyrone, tell him hello. <laughs> you know, you're like, holy shit, man, how? He, he knows and sees celebrities everywhere. And it's so true. Every one of his stories is true. And they're all true. And, uh, yeah. So these uh, four women are uh, playing golf. And uh, they just complete the first hole. They've, they've, they've completed the first hole. And uh, they're, they're going to the next hole. And one of the women screams bloody murder, just screams, and then doesn't get in the golf cart. She runs back up the first fairway and all the way into the pro shop. And the golf pro is in there. And uh, she's still screaming. Tears come out of her eyes. And uh, the golf pro said, what happened? What happened? What's wrong? And she said, I was just uh, stung by a hornet. And he said, uh, where? And she said, between the first hole and the second hole. And he said, well, your stance is too wide. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't believe you remembered that whole joke. I was like, boy, this is going to be a, this this is a story good. now. This is a story. Yeah. All right. Good. So, All right. okay, back yeah, to So back we did Trey Sanders. We'll back to business. DJ Durkin, yay or nay? Um, I'll say this. And, and God, I sound like such a homer saying this. If it was any other program in the country, I would be like, it's too soon. It's too soon. He needed to spend an additional year in purgatory. He needed more purgatory time to, uh, to resolve and absolve his sins against the college football gods. And, and he, he needed more time in the penalty box. Maybe that's a better, better way to put it. But Nick is the best in the business at rehabbing coaches. And let's be honest, DJ Durkin, guilty of whatever you believe he's guilty of, does not deserve to never coach football again. Uh, he doesn't deserve to never coach football again. Uh, now, maybe that strength and conditioning coach up there doesn't need to be in the strength and conditioning business of young athletes anymore. That I'll buy. But DJ Durkin, and I say this, and I, I, let's just change the story and say that he, he got hired by Auburn or, or one of our rivals, Auburn, LSU, something like that. I, I would still say, well, he didn't, he doesn't, he didn't deserve to, to never coach again. Uh, and, and I think if any place is going to, uh, get him back into coaching and getting back on the coaching train and help him be a positive asset to the kids that, that he's around. Uh, it's Nick Saban in Alabama. So my initial reaction was, no, I don't like this, but then thought it through. And again, I'm not trying to spin for Nick. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to, what would be my opinion if he was hired by another sec program? And that's, well, he doesn't, he didn't deserve to be, to, to, to be, to no longer coach. So uh, he's, I, I think it sounds to me like he's going to be on the support staff uh, and not on the field. So to some extent he is still serving. You don't go from a head coach to hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, right. replace Butch Jones on the Alabama support staff. Uh, I would say he is serving time in the penalty box, uh, but is, is, you know, we, we, we jokingly call it Nick Saban's rehab program. And, uh, and and that's what the guy needs. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, 
uh, he co- he comes out of this a better coach, a better person, a better guy, and is is a better coach in the future for having endured uh, what has happened. And let's keep in mind, uh, and I believe this is true because I'm not an encyclopedia on the story at Maryland. I don't think DJ Durkin was anywhere near the football building when this happened. He he, he certainly wasn't there on site. Now I'm not saying it wasn't his responsibility because I believe that largely it is the head coach's responsibility, but Durkin wasn't there directing how things were being done. And then, and then the poor kid died. Uh, no, it was someone that Durkin was responsible for that was there that, uh, that didn't do his job and, and, and a kid paid, uh, you know, the, the, the worst price for it. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset. I, my initial, I admit my initial reaction was negative, but it, it shouldn't be, and uh, I'm fine with it. What about you? No, I'm right there with you, and I know fine bombs already come out. Oh, what a horrible look for Alabama. You know what, man? I mean, he's not the head coach. And here's the other thing. Didn't uh, that goober up in at Notre Dame just win his third Coach of the Year award? He literally killed a guy. So, I mean <laughs> – I mean, just what, what do people want? And look, yep. this is not. Yeah, I think he might have helped create a culture, but I mean, of 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 pushing people too far. But it's so funny; those same people love to talk about how millennials are too soft. And back in yep. my day, you know, when I practiced football, we didn't even have water. We, yep. we took right. and okay, but things have changed. And and DJ Durkin has probably learned a lesson from this. And uh, he won't be at Alabama very long. It'll be a Butch Jones type situation. So um, just let it go. Um, you know, I'm I'm fine with it. I don't really – I don't think it really matters. It, this is all about recruiting. That's all this is. And yep. you can say win at all costs, and then I'll say, okay, you know, if an Auburn fan wants to say something, how about Bruce Pearl? I mean – That's right. It, it, no, he wasn't involved in a death, but, I mean, he was – you know, he had a show calls when Auburn hired him. So uh, yeah, the NCA has. I mean, the NCA, I'm sure, has no, uh, no, no. I mean, the NCA, uh, they're they're they they're not weighing in on on the DJ Durkin hire like like when you hire somebody like a Bruce Pearl. So yeah, I, no program can walk this high road and say uh, we're on the high road. Everybody else is morally bankrupt below us. Uh, everyone, everyone has signed up to win. You do not lose your job in college football for working your players too hard. Uh, you do lose your job for losing games. That's why they fire you for losing games. Yep. That's it. Exactly right. And, um, so yeah, I don't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really move the meter for me one way or the other. It's not like he's, he's not the damn head coach. He's going to take some time, uh, to, it's to get back and coordinate. I don't think he'll be on the field. I don't think so. He probably he'd be washing Saban's car. I mean, everybody everybody used to joke and downplay Butch Jones' role and sort of joke about how he's fetching coffee and, and is the errand boy. It's it's that's going to be what Durkin's going to be doing. And you guess know, what? And, and now guess people what? Butch are acting Jones like he's paid his penance, and now he's at Maryland. You know, making right. some bank. That's right, and you know he's on, he's on the train back up, and and Durkin already rode the train up, and, and and even to the point he got a Power Five head coaching job, and uh, let's he's starting all over again. He's starting at the bottom, support staff, not even on the field, and uh, I would say that's I would say that's the penalty box. It really is, but 
he's in a good place. And uh, I bet Butch Jones would tell you that his experience in Tuscaloosa was a positive. And, uh, you know, Durkin obviously wouldn't have been where he was if he didn't climb up the ladder. He's clearly a good football coach or he wouldn't have climbed the ladder like he did. Yep. So, I mean, let that one go. Uh, Dax Hill flipping and Jeffrey Scooby Carter flipping was big news over the weekend, even if Tua Tungvaluwa didn't win the Heisman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dax Hill and – and I'd rather talk about Hill and Carter than Tua not winning. I mean, Tua uh, – you know, let, let's hope Tua is holding up that national championship trophy, and I don't think we'll care one bit about that Heisman anymore. So uh, those flips were huge. Uh, I have been massive fans. If they Put it this way. And this, I mean, I mean this in all in all honesty. And God knows, I spent I spend so much time on Huddle. I can't believe I don't. I I, sh, I should get royalties from from Huddle as much time as I spend on it. Um, if you if if they had never flipped, if Dax Hill stayed with Michigan and Jeffrey Scooby Carter stayed with Texas A M, and you asked me today, you're like Jimmy, who is who do you think is the best safety in the country? I'd have said Dax, Dax Hill. And you're like, but he's going to Michigan. Why are you saying Michigan's got the best safety? Because he is the best safety. And if you just said, and if you just said, who's the best cornerback? I would have said, well, I'm going to shock you because other kids are rated higher by the services. But in my opinion, the best corner I've seen on tape this year is Jeffrey Carter. That's going to Texas A&M. And you'd be like, oh, don't give Jimbo Fisher props like that. Why are you saying the best corner is going to A&M? Who's the best corner is going to A&M? I think it's, I think it's Jeffrey Carter. That's my personal opinion. That that was my opinions before these flips. So I'm not I'm not doing the hey he's a Bama guy let me hype him up now that that was I, I would have said the same thing about the kids no matter where they signed I I think Hill is fantastic to me he is one of the top ten prospects in the country regardless of position I think he is as close to a slam dunk as you can get I don't think there really are recruiting slam dunks I think every kid is a, a guess a projection every evaluation is a guess it's not a science but some kids are more solid guesses than others. Dax Hill is as good of a safety prospect as I've ever seen. I compare his center fielder free range skills to Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and at the same time, say in the box, he is the equal of a prospect of Landon Collins. I think he's a a combination of those two. You can't get any higher praise than that for safety. And uh, with Jeffrey Carter, uh, length and speed. I mean, what are the traits you want in a corner? First, speed. Second, length. He gets an A plus in both. Great ball skills. Uh, I think kids like them are threats to show up and take jobs from veterans in the same way we've seen Patrick Sertan and Mika Fitzpatrick do. I think Hill and Carter are the equal of Fitzpatrick and Patrick Sertan as prospects. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love the the idea of – I mean, think about in two years, you, have, you could have Dax Hill uh, at safety – Jeffrey Carter and then uh, Sertain back there. Oh my God, Jeebus! What a damn defensive backfield, man! You we're, we're going to win some games then. But it's going to be interesting <laughs> because then we'll be breaking in a new quarterback and maybe several new wide receivers outside of Jalen Waddle. <laughs> it's amazing the the, the 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 talent that comes in and out and in and out. I think we're probably going to lose about six juniors and and, and that. But we're going to lose six juniors. There is not another program, not even Clemson, not Ohio State. There's not another program where you can remove six juniors and go into next season with your expectations not changing a bit. No. But that's how good Alabama is. Agreed. Our expectations aren't going to change because we lose six juniors. And six juniors? 
that's what that should wipe out any normal program should be like well i hate the word rebuilding but that's what's going to happen next year no alabama's not rebuilding we're reloading despite the loss of, of what i anticipate you know as many as six or more that six number sort of conservative uh, what else is out there? Alabama basketball got a win on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah, you know we rip on them, and 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 now they deserve some praise. I mean, it's a good win. This uh, Arizona team is not a Final Four team, but but Arizona's good basketball team. That's another program, by the way, that even though they're not vintage Arizona, I doubt very seriously their fans are using the term rebuild. Arizona expects to win the Pac-12 every year. This year is no exception. They they anticipate winning the Pac-12, making the NCAA tournament, and advancing. That's Arizona, and we beat them. That's impressive. Well, it just it really when you have a loss, when you have a a loss like Georgia State, where you blow a twenty-two point lead, and then you have a win against Arizona, it kind of pisses you off more. If you flip flop those two games, you almost justify the Georgia State loss by saying, you know what, they, they were so mentally wiped from the Arizona game. This is the reverse. It just pisses you off even more. At least it does me. Right, right. Um, who do we play next? Liberty, who waxed Georgia State. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, the, Liberty. And it's two Fighting Hugh Freezes. <laughs> if they beat Georgia State, they're, 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 they're not slouches, but uh, we should still win, right? All right, don't show yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> uh, I think we kind of don't you. This is a basketball team has shown us so far. Hey, don't think we won't lose to a to an average team. But also, hey, you're playing Arizona. Hey, don't give up. We got a chance to win this game, and I think we're going to be the kind of that kind of team that uh, SEC wise uh, beats Kentucky and loses to Ole Miss. It's probably hey, the best let me way tell to put you something it. I just realized too. It's kind of screwed up. It's Alabama's. Basketball's luck that okay, we beat Oklahoma, so we're going out to San Francisco, where a lot of our diehard fans who are big fans of football and basketball will be traveling to San Francisco, I'm sure. And they'll probably leave either on that Friday the fourth or Saturday the fifth. And we open up the fifth against Kentucky when we need the best crowd we can possibly have. And a lot of people will probably be out on the West Coast. Wow, that is something. And 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 this, if we're ever gonna, even though this isn't the Alabama team that you would say, hey, it's this team that's going to beat Kentucky. It's probably the year to beat Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, I mean, so I, I think that. Uh, I mean, straight up right now, gun. You know, you're like, okay, Jimmy, you got to bet a hundred dollars straight up on the game. Who wins? <laughs> My hundred bucks is on Kentucky. All but, right. but. Can Alabama win that game? Oh, you bet your ass they can win that game. Yeah, we can win. Yep. Yep, we can. Uh, let me let me think. I had a or, couple. I had something. Oh, really quickly, I want to talk or, about this whole expansion talk. Everybody's been on expansion. And you know, I had a thought today. They want to have all these parameters about, okay, you got to be a conference champ, and it doesn't matter if a seven, five, seven and five team gets in, blah, blah, blah. What if you put those types of parameters on the NCAA basketball tour. You know, and everybody wants – here's the other thing. Everybody wants the SEC to be all altruistic and say, oh, well, you got to go to nine games and you got to play two power five – or you got to play two power five non-conference opponents if you're only going to play eight games like the Big like the Big Ten does. Okay. If you put those type of parameters on SEC and football and SEC, okay, okay, we'll do that. Now, for the NCAA basketball tournament, here's what we want you all to do. 
the maximum any league can have is five teams because we only get about three to five teams in a year. So how do you feel about that, ACC and Big Ten, who gets seven to ten teams in a year? I bet you they'd say, kiss my ACC ass. Don't you think? That's a great point. I love it. I'm going to steal it and uh, tweet about it. I mean, no, that's 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 exactly right. So I, what I'm saying is I'm, – I'm, I'm against expansion. I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I hate change. I always say, why are we bitching about this wonderful thing? Is what I always say about basically everything. Why are we bitching about this fantastic thing that we have? And, and, and the thing that's so screwed up that pisses me off is we're old enough to remember when there was no – forget the playoff. Forget the BCS. There was, no, there was no BCS. There was you win your league and you go to a certain bowl and and And, and, and pray. And, yeah, and, and, and then let's just vote. Let's vote at the end of the year who should be number one even when number one plays number seven in a bowl and number two plays number 13 in a bowl and maybe three is playing versus four in a bowl, which is the best game, but it's three versus four. That, that was what we grew up with. And we're like, wouldn't it be awesome if somehow there was a clear one versus two game? And then we were given that. And what did we do? We effing bitched about that. No, no, this sucks. There's only, there's only two. Uh, it's not fair. There should be four. Now we have four. And what do people do? Yep. Freaking bitch and moan until there's going to be eight. So now there's going to be eight. And at the end result is this. This is what I love about college football because it's different than every single major sport out there. And that is if you if you want your team in the playoff, if you want your team to win the national championship, then you start playing for it the first week in September. Not not, hey, let's improve and hope we're good enough in November to make it. No, you pl- Alabama played for the national championship against Louisville, and then they played for the national championship against you know Arkansas State, and then they played for the national championship against Ole Miss. That's the beauty of college football. That's what makes college football awesome. You have eight. Who would have been in this tournament with eight teams? You know who would have been in? I'll, I'll just name a team that won their league that would have been Washington. Washington and who lost would have to been the sixth best team in the SEC. That's right. They lost three times. They lost three times. So, so, so this is the deal. This is when college football, and this is what all these. And I want to be cussing so bad. I know we can cuss on the show, and we can say shit, and 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 and, and I want to say I want to be dropping f bombs every other word about this rant because I get so mad about it because so much of the media they're dying to move to eight teams. I, I really don't know why, but they can't wait to destroy this and move to eight teams. But let me tell you what those people, the first time someone walks out of a college football stadium after a loss and their friend says, their friend says, well, that sucked. And then you look at your friend and say, "Ah, it doesn't matter. We're still in. That's when college football has changed and wrecked forever. It's wrecked. The college football that we've known for a hundred years is wrecked when the game is over and you can say, eh, doesn't even matter. We're, we're, we're in. It has to matter. Every game matters, which is why college football is awesome. And people are trying to ruin that. They're trying to ruin it and turn it into every other sport. And I'm not saying all the other sports suck. 
Of course they don't. I'm not saying that 18 playoff would suck. Of course it's going to be compelling football. It's still football. You still get to win a championship, but it won't be the same. It'll be like everything. College football will be just like the NFL. It'll be just like Division II football, just like Division III football, just like Major League Baseball. It'll be just like it. The losses will no longer really matter. Here's the thing, Jimmy. You know what you remember in college basketball? You never remember a regular season game. The regular season game I remember in Alabama, and I've been to a boatload of them, is the 2002 Florida game because it basically won the conference for us. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember a few back in 1986-87 because uh, that was the Derrick McKee team. But there's a big freaking gap in there, but I can remember a shitload of the NCAA tournament games. I remember that kind of mediocre game we had versus UCLA in a NCAA tournament game. You know, I remember, uh, I mean, just about any, you know, obviously Southern Illinois. um, you, You remember Syracuse? You know what I'm saying? You remember the tournament because the tournament's the only thing that makes a shit. But but, but think about this in, in 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 NFL. What you remember? The Super Bowl. You the remember Super the Super Bowl. Bowl every year. But now you don't remember the you know the, the Giants and the Redskins have some badass rivalry, but that doesn't make a shit unless they play in the no. playoffs. And, That's right. And, and, and tonight being a great example, I, I'm looking forward to. I, I mean, I'm a college football fan first and foremost. I like the NFL. I like the NFL a lot, actually. I mean, I'm an NFL fan. And I keep up with everything that's going on in the NFL. And tonight, I'm legit excited. I, I've talked about it with the wife. I've said, hey, let, let's do all this and do this because it's 7 o'clock. I want to be on the couch, big screen, watching the Chiefs and the Chargers. It's going to be a great game. Both teams are going to the playoffs. One's an 11-win team. One's a 10-win team. Exciting quarterbacks, star players. I'm excited about tonight. And I'm going to watch, and I don't care wins. I'm not a Chiefs fan or a Chargers fan. I just know it's going to be good football, and I'm excited about it. But you know what? The losing team tonight, their fans, the losing team, when they lose, they're just going to shrug because they're going to say, well, well, we'll get, well, we may have to be on the road, but we'll get them in the playoffs. We can beat them in the playoffs. And ultimately, who wins and loses tonight will not dictate anything other than maybe home field, which is a big deal. I'm not saying it's not. It's but not that big of a deal. It's the not Titans that big of a deal, especially, last year. especially in the NFL. But what I'm saying is all these media guys that that, that are, are, are just killing this thing, trying to get to, to an 18 playoff, that's what they're trying to turn college football into, into where the outcome of the regular season games, it's not that they, they won't mean anything. Of course, they'll mean something. But I, it just kills me that in the future, in the fu- when you move to eight teams, Luke, in the future, we will crown a college football national champion who has three losses, and Which they'll is be stupid. The, they'll be the national champions with three losses, and I think that's just it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad to me. It's the end of college football because now we're just like everybody else. You know what? I'm going to end this on a positive note. How'd you like to be? What if you were a hornet? And you sung the nipple of uh, what's that girl, Sarah? Uh, Sarah Jean Underwood. Sarah Jean Underwood. That's a damn lucky hornet. I don't understand why every hornet in the country is not <laughs> flying to why, the Pacific why, Northwest right why now. Didn't her, why isn't she just like attacked by hornets constantly? She, she might be. Maybe that's why her boobs are so swole. 
She is the best follow on Twitter maybe ever. She's a talent. You know, and I've I've been a fan. I, I was a fan before it was cool to be a fan. And uh, I think we've told the story before about uh, but uh, about how long I've been a Sergeant Underwood fan. But so I, I, I know her. She, she's, she's really cool gal. Really. I mean, she's, she's, uh, you know, she used to host, she was kind of a host of a, a nerd tech show on some tech network. I think the show was called attack of the show. And, and it's really about computer games and a bunch of nerdy stuff. That's even so nerdy. Even I don't do it, which is saying a lot. And, uh, but yeah, she's, uh, She's she's a little bit of a tech nerd herself, and she is an how apropos. She's an Oregon State Beaver. Do you know that? I did not know that. And how about this? This pisses me off. I think this happened this year or last year at Oregon State. They were doing some sort of thing of homecoming where they were honoring past Oregon State graduates who have achieved significant things, and someone nominated Sarah Underwood because she was a Playboy Playmate of the Year. And also all the other things she's done, like host Attack of the Show and have a you know a million and a half Instagram followers and all this stuff. And, and the either the school administration or somebody Oregon State shot it down and said, no, 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 that's 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 beneath that's that's not an accomplishment to us. And I'm like, that's cool. What kind of society are we living in where it's not okay to to honor someone like that? It's not like she's it's not like she's done porn, you know? Yeah. I mean, Playboy, people are, are naked on network TV now. Oh, yeah. People you say know? shit on AMC. I mean. That's the P word. You can hear the P word on network TV late at night. And on Comedy Central after 10 o'clock, all bets are off. You know, so I'm just saying it's great. I, I, I thought Sarah should have got that honor. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. You should be. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, all right. Well, we will talk again next week right before Crema. Yeah, we'll go over some more uh, recruits. I've watched a ton of film. I'm going to be uh, putting out on Crimson Country Club and tweeting. Please, please uh, figure out a better way to say that. <laughs> That's what I'll work on this week. Yeah. No, I'm going to put out the uh, top, the, uh, the the Super 16, best 16 prospects in Alabama, kind of a final version of who really were, who really were, are the best uh, prospects in the state of Alabama. And I uh, also do quite a bit of lo- I rank local mobile kids because I see all of them and uh, I've seen a lot of them in person and have just kind of a, a better bird's eye of, uh, of the local kids. But I'm about to be a tweet storm, as we call it, when uh, when Trump does it, there will be a recruiting tweet storm coming for me. All right, buddy. I'll talk, to you next- I'll talk to you next week. Keep those nipples covered. Watch out for hornets. <laughs> Roll tide. Roll tide.